The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. Me on the air? What's the matter with you? Uh oh. Am I on the air? Ugh. All right, I'm going to take my chances and I'm going to say I'm on the air right now. <clears throat> Welcome to hour two of the National Intel Report. I'm your regular Wednesday host, William Repellum. Uh, Mike wants to introduce some new music into the fold. So, with all due respect to John Statmiller and all the great music he also has, we will be integrating some of our own stuff. I think that's what he would want us to do. So, uh, that's the song from the Red Pill and Punch Bowl that you just heard there, that Mike blended in. That's the intro song to the Red Pill and Punch Bowl. It's a punk band called Dirty Rotten. Or DRI. Well, it stands for Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. <laughs> Heck of a name, huh? Uh, well, yeah. So it's skate punk music. Gen X or skate punk music. <laughs> so I hope you guys are cool with that because I want you to be. Anyway, so, um, all right, we've got Dan in Washington. Dan, are you still online? Just, uh, that used to be one of my favorite groups, DRI, and they had that SOD and the Circle Jerks and all that stuff. Uh, Robert Raybull would take issue because they're kind of more of the anti-fa punk rock versus his uh, white nationalist punk rock that he plays. But uh, it's all good, man. All good. You know, because <laughs> they got that's that, they got that some gun gun control, right? Gun control, I guess, or whatever they were pushing. Anyway, but what about gun control? Oh, the DRI, they got that song, Gun Control, We Need Gun Control. So, Are I don't you know. Are serious? I, yeah, yeah, check it. Google DRI, Gun Control. I didn't control. know that. Yeah, hey, Mike, those... scrap that song, okay? We're not using it anymore. I'm boycotting <laughs> DRI, and I don't like their stupid name anyway. 
And I don't like the other name of the one you this degenerate name, the Circle Jerks. They're never going to mention jerk, that name again. Yeah. Not where direction we want to go in here. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm officially denouncing the Dirty Rotten Imbeciles now. Like, I denounced the Foo Fighters for uh, being Vax Cucks. And then uh, their drummer, uh, Taylor Hicks, died probably of the vaccine. Um, But they'll probably never admit it. I don't know if they have. I've sort of cut them a little slack. It's disappointing. The last couple years. Disappointing, man. What? All these guys, even the what singer Meta- Metallica, the guy came out and was like, I, I, you guys want to secure, you know, you're racist and all this stuff. And these guys what? are all. It, oh, are yeah, you serious? Like, what, who yeah, said one that? of the guys in Metallica called everyone racist. Which one? For voting for Trump and stuff. I, I don't know which one, but they're. What was it? The <laughs> um, So the bass player that replaced. Um, uh, Jason, um, uh, uh, J- uh, okay, the Jason Newstead, I think, is what, what the, the bass player was. That he left the band like after they made the Black album in the early '90s, and he got tired of touring and stuff. And then they replaced him with the bass player from Suicidal Tendencies, a Mexican guy. Uh, forgot his name, but um, yeah, not not Lars, but yeah, the kind. Of, I think that guy's like half Mexican, Lars, the drummer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, is he the uh, one who said you're racist for voting for Trump? Well, I, I there's think nothing so, wrong man. with being racist. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay to be racist. You're not a Jew. So if you're a Jew and you're racist, then you're a genocidal racist, and you're responsible for all the horrible genocidal races, racism that's happened right. in the world. So, But if you're just white, you're not really, because you've been blamed for what the Jews have done. Um and so, and just because you want to live in a white community where there's low crime and a high trust society doesn't make you racist. Just because you're trying to preserve your race from being exterminated, you jerk. Call people a racist because they don't want to be exterminated by, you know, the Jews have been exterminating the white race for a long time. That's the thing. People think that the white people exterminated the Jews. It's the opposite thing happened. You know, it's just, so, it's just like, guys, come on. At least just kind of look into it and follow us a bit and, uh, and, and, and trace through the history we talk about. I always go over the basic history um, all the time. I keep repeating myself like a broken record with it. But I'm telling you, the opposite is what happened. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole tonight. But... Um, Anyway, Dan, what, I no, got a few other callers. Do you got anything else? Okay. Well, no, I mean, check out if you're thinking. I, I mean, I like Nebraska. It's actually pretty – if the economy crashes, it's a lot of agriculture-based, very white, uh, pretty middle of the road. Kansas isn't bad. Ohio, you know, I, I don't know. Those are the areas that I feel more comfortable in versus like the deep south florida's cool it's just kind of weird you know i mean it's 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 its own thing you know it's it's i don't know if you want to be wrapped up in all that drama but nebraska would be like a good spot to like just you know um live life you know i want to go wherever um wherever people you you can talk about the jewish power to the uh, public officials and they will um, they will have the conversation with you. You know, they won't back off from it. 
they won't they won't uh you know hang up the phone and get you off the phone or or um or you know just shy away from talking about it because we need leaders that are going to really confront the problem and at least have the conversation with you at least do that um at least learn about it you know i've had uh real quick you'd probably have a better chance with like mexicans in la talking about jewish control of stuff or uh, you know, some of these red states like uh, Arkansas, they got, you know, these guys are just these evangelical cucks, man. I mean, it's very actually very dangerous to call. I wouldn't call my local sheriff and talk about that stuff at all, man. <laughs> my my local sheriff was some Bolshevik, uh, right? He, he was a Zionist right winger, kind of, you know. Uh, in well, there you go, right? You got um, Trotskyite uh, neoconservatism that came out of Bolshevism. It's just such a weird. Uh, and then uh, yep. you know, one of the things I've been studying, which I think you should study too, uh, uh, Dan, is, is Reconstruction. I, it, you know, because I know you've you've been like thinking that the Civil War was good. Now I don't want to get all on this. I got to take a couple of the college, but we can we can have this conversation at a later time. We'll have a discussion about the um, the Civil War Reconstruction and what actually happened there to the South uh, was terrible. Uh, if if yeah, Dan, I, um, have you heard of uh, Thomas D. Lorenzo's book, uh, The Real Lincoln? No, but you know, I I, uh, I I always look at the guy, the, the Southern North South Carolina governor, and the the first two states to secede. You know, I, I think we should psychoanalyze those guys and why they did that. <laughs> but one thing, too, though, after why Reconstruction... Why they seceded? The, well, hold on. After the Reconstruction, the South was basically socialist. You had Huey Long. You had um, the guy that was segregation now, segregation forever. So the average white Southern Democrat was actually kind of a socialist. But that's why I try to push back on the whole red versus okay. blue... Uh, well, yeah, you know, conservative on. thing, you know, economically, because they were uh, okay. Let me re- let ahead. me regurgitate what I read. Let me re- just real quick. No, I hear I hear what you're saying. So after the Civil War, the North went in and, and basically uh, tyrannized the South, disenfranchised the Southern voters, the white Southern voters, uh, enfranchised the black uh, voters in the South. In order to uh, you know destroy, uh, you know they're doing the same thing then that they do now. They, they wanted to get rid of the, uh, the freedom-loving uh, white people, and um, yeah, it was it was really terrible. And so they would put in place. Uh, South Carolina was actually a good example. I forgot the name of the um, the leader, but it just pretty much became like a puppet of the North. I don't know if you call him a Zionist or yeah. whatever, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't doubt that there horrific. was a lot of people anyway. that got, yeah, a lot of lot of bad stuff happened to the Southerners, you know, the people that didn't have slaves that had to go fight for that. But, uh, you know, from what I've studied, uh, it was about slavery and, you know, the South, the slave owners brought the blacks here to begin with and they got their revenge, man. I mean, Wilson... When Wilson created the Federal Reserve, they shipped all those blacks into Detroit and uh, up north, up to Chicago, and uh, scattered. E. Michael Jones does a lot of expose on this on the (laughs) in the slaughter of cities. His books, the slaughter of cities. So yeah, yeah, you know, 
so it kind of works both ways. I mean, but you know, the, you got a Jew on the two dollar bill, Benjamin. Uh, what was that guy's name? Judah P. Benjamin on the Confederate two dollar bill was a yeah. Oh, really? So I thought oh, yeah, you uh, didn't know that, dude. <laughs> now I've got a two dollar bill around here somewhere. Let me see. I think I have it in my drawer. Uh, yeah, study uh, to Benjamin, dude. Yeah, that guy. Uh, was oh yeah, yeah. Great. No, I I know about him, him and yeah. his uh, role in 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 the formation of the KKK, right? And uh, also, no, no he that's, also, uh, that's uh, he, no. I know he was a he was a military. He was a general, right? And uh, no, you no, you're he, thinking of uh, no, you're you're thinking of. Uh, uh, that's the guy that headed the KKK. Judah P. Benjamin was a rich Jew that was on the Confederate two dollar bill that was like basically working for England. That the that the South he was basically running the whole Confederate secession thing. Yeah, check out Jew on the Confederate right. two dollar bill. But you're thinking of right? Uh, but no, he uh, had he. I forgot okay. the name. All right, you're, I'm not. You're I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're but thinking no, he about. Had, though. That, um, that's someone else, though. I forgot his name. Yeah, no, he, but Judah P. Benjamin. I forgot what his title was. That's what I was trying to come up. with. Anyway, yeah, I'm just like, talking and sound dumb now. Fred. Let me go back and get my history uh, all straight. So, all right, Dan. Hey, listen, I got to jump on uh, with uh, okay. Patrick in Texas. All right, all right thanks, cool. Dan. All right, thanks, Patrick. Man. And, all right, buddy. Patrick in Texas. Welcome. And then after we got Patrick in Texas, we got Joe in Florida, and we got uh, James in North Carolina. So uh, stick, just hang on, guys. We'll get to you. Um, Patrick, are you there? Okay. Going once, Patrick. Going twice. All right, let's go to Joe in Florida. Joe, are you there? Hello. Is that, is that Joe? Hello, are you? Or is that Pat? This is Patrick. Yeah. Is this Patrick? Oh, Patrick. No, okay. Uh, yeah, I want to uh, try to hurry up here as best I can. I don't want to. Uh, like uh, Judith P. Benjamin, he met uh, Jefferson Davis. Uh, they, uh, they, uh, you know, they, they they left with all the gold from Confederacy, and um, uh, Judith P. Benjamin was uh, was called the uh, Jefferson Davis pet Jew, and. Uh, now, uh, uh, Horace Greeley wrote the, for the New York Tribune, and he's a total communist brag there. You know, all the Lincoln had it delivered every day, first delivered. And uh, now, Horace Greeley bailed out uh, Jefferson Davis out of prison, which is very bizarre. Uh, and it showed that there was some kind of, like, uh, secret society going on there. And that's why one of the, probably one of the reasons why, you know, we, the Confederacy lost. Anyway, Michael Gaddy's brilliant about all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Cicero, Cicero said, if you don't know your history, you're childish. And, uh, you know, they, uh, so they controlled all the history as, uh, you know, like, uh, Michael Gaddy showed the, uh, to the victors go the myths and the monuments. They control the history. Who, he who controls the present controls the past. He who controls the past controls the future. You know, uh, you, you gotta know your, know what the heck really happened. Uh, like it was like the who on that, uh, real Lincoln was written by Thomas Del Lorenzo. 
and uh, and tells all about how the uh, you know he was just a damn you know installed by a bunch of rich you know bankers for six million dollars and was just marshaled around on the uh, Rothschild railroad system and it was all just you know they everybody hated him because he was a communist but uh, uh, it was um, uh, uh, Paul Craig Roberts who uh, is always on a talk show he's the, he's the Secretary of Treasury under Reagan and uh, all on talk shows and. He wrote uh, that uh, David Irving knows more about World War II history than all other historians combined. Uh, he's a he's a good source, and uh, he disproved a lot of that you know the fraud like Lincoln's diary. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Hitler's diaries, and uh, that was a fraud, just like Anne Frank's diaries, more fraudulent. But they control all of the you know all the uh, the uh, all everything hits the airwaves and the books. Is completely controlled, and like you talk about the uh, the, the uh, Christian Zionists, the big problem they are. That's because all the like the uh, the Jesuits, a guy by the name of Rivera, he's going to come up with the uh, you know the Jews shall rule from Jerusalem, and they pump it out to all of the seminaries, and then all of their talking mouthpieces, Hagee and all the rest of them, uh, they mm-hmm. uh, they they just completely regurgitate that stuff. They control you know the landscape on that stuff. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to show you uh, a good historian, and Michael Gaddy. He's got that you know, all, all of the American history and Civil War. Great. It's too bad. Uh, the, so is MS King coming on today or not? No, not today. It's no. going to be okay. next week. He couldn't make it today. So what I was bad. looking he's, for, he's and, and and thank you, Patrick, for that um, great information. Um, what I was looking for was Judah P. Benjamin's title, and it was a Secretary of State. Yeah, I was a, totally wrong to say he was a general. No. Um, the, right. the, 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 there were some great generals. Um, uh, um, uh, Stonewall Jackson, probably the most, uh, the best general. They still model after him at, at, uh, at, uh, at West Point, you know, about his strategies. Um, one of the best generals of all time. Um, and, uh, who else was there was Robert E. Lee, another general. Um, I, yeah, Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee, who are some other Nathan Southern Bedford generals? Or those? Nathan, Nathan Bedford, Bedford Forrest? Forrest. Ah, right. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. So, uh, yep. and then, and yeah, so we're talking about Judah P. Benjamin, a political leader. So, uh, yeah, never mind me saying he was a general. That was just a complete faux pas. Uh, yeah, so, uh, all right, Patrick, anything else? Um, I got to get to some no, other calls, good. but uh, I always appreciate you. Thanks for taking my call. Bye-bye. Okay, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Uh, Joe in Florida. Joe, welcome. Are you there? Yeah, hello. Hello, William. How are you? Hey, Joe, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, if I can, I wanted to bring together a couple of things uh, on this, the JQ thing and immigration. Oh, by the way, you spooked us there. You know, you were talking about the after school Satan Club, and then we had like three minutes of the Jewess, uh, Barbara Spector, <laughs> on a loop. I was like, wait a minute, there's some connection here. He's going to talk about the after school Satan, and all of a sudden we had two minutes or three minutes of. Of the loop, it was like it was like a Kabbalah loop. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree with you, Joe. So what happened was I just lost my connection, 
I didn't know I'd lost my connection. Actually, I did know, and then I reconnected. I thought I reconnected. And then next thing you know, I'm talking, and I'm continuing on. And next thing you know, Barbara Spectre plays, and I'm like, Mike kind of does that. You know, Michael, I like to drop one in. and But it got to be too much, and I'm like, Mike, what are you doing, man? Okay, why are you keep interrupting me? I wasn't I'm even there. A, I'm getting a little <laughs> suspicious of Mossad Mike. <laughs> wow, Mike, um, what do you got to say? <laughs> but Mike's like playing the theme. Is this a uh, carryover? Okay, no. All right. I thought he might play something over it. Hey, listen, um, but I will bring it together because Spectre, that infamous clip of the, I guess the only way I can describe her is this smug Jewess, right? There's something about that clip which really annoys people because she's so smug. Like, she's telling people what's going to happen, which actually is really what's happening. But just the fact that she has a such a smug attitude like oh this is what's gonna happen this is what the jews are doing and you know there's no way of stopping it oh thanks for letting us know you know but i i I wanted to play a really quick clip though actually you mentioned dr jones dr michael jones and i came across this clip it's only about 30 seconds but it's on the exact same thing and it also ties in with the invasion the invasion which is happening now and tomorrow because we've got title 42 we're going to see it really is when it's going to hit its peak, this invasion of the southern border. So if you have 30 seconds, and I think the sound will be good, it's Dr. Jones on this question about why Jews are so in favor of mass immigration. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, you wanna... Before you do, okay. yeah, 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 sure, no problem. Before you do, I just want to comment, isn't it kind of peculiar that all those Barbara Specter videos, those same ones are still on YouTube? They don't try to censor them. So they don't... I mean, these are like Jew Pill 101 things. Why Why do they? Why does YouTube not like take them down? Because it really exposes yeah. what the Jews are doing. But they, they don't take them down bound. for some reason. It's like a steam valve. I'm probably knocking bound. on wood right now. Uh-huh. You know, that pre- like a pressure oh, valve, they let out a little bit of information. I don't know. But, uh, but here, uh, I hope this sounds good, um, but it's Dr. Jones... And it's only 30 seconds, but he sums up this whole issue about why Jews are so pushing mass immigration in his uh, genius way that he always does. Hold on. Uh, okay, actually, we have to restore the notion of citizenship then. That's, your, that's part of the problem here. If you're not a citizen, you're an alien. If you're an alien, you have no right to stay here. You can be expelled at will. We have to restore these distinctions. We do not have these distinctions anymore. We have basically, in the United States of America, where the Jew, uh, Mayorkas, has completely capitulated and allowed uh, uh, an invasion across the border from Mexico. It's completely given up because of the Jew. Because the Jews want to inundate this country because it weakens the majority, and the more the majority gets weakened, the more power they have. Do you want me to do it again? Was it? No, no, just back it off. Yeah. Okay. Back it off a little bit. Okay, and I'll I'll, I'll turn it down on the volume a little bit, you know, because maybe it's he tends to shout anyway. But <laughs> okay, let me uh, let me re-rack it. I mean, I got, I it. pretty much got it. I pretty much well, could I'll understand it, it. I don't know what if it it's was worth so. It. Okay. All right, go ahead. That's your that's part of the problem here. If you're not a citizen, okay. you're an alien. If you're an alien, you have no right to stay here. You can be expelled at will. 
We have to restore these distinctions. We do not have these distinctions anymore. We have basically in the United States of America where the Jew, uh, Mayorkas, has completely capitulated and allowed uh, uh, an invasion to cross the border from Mexico. He's completely given up because he's a Jew. Because the Jews want to inundate this country because it weakens the majority. And the more the majority gets weakened, the more power they have. How is that? Better? Okay. Yeah, so here's that thought. He's such a genius. But the idea is, okay, you know, uh, I have always said this. I don't hate Jews. And, you know, I believe actually in conversion and everything. But what's this idea? They they know that they are a small minority in any culture. You look at those hundreds of years, whatever culture they exist in. So they're very keenly aware that in order to gain control of a culture, a society, or a country, they have to dissipate the majority of the people. Now, this country 60 years ago was a really a Christian country. You know, people different from Protestant, Catholic. But there was a culture that was primarily a Christian-oriented. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't saintly, but it had an orientation towards Christian culture. Well, that doesn't exist. That hasn't existed for a long time. And all these things, and immigration is one of them. When you have people coming from, I mean, I don't know where these people are coming from. They're flying from all over the world and then going to uh, the southern border and walking over. They're like from Mongolian, from China, and from Kazakhstan. And it's not just Central America. It's like this is part of the bigger plan. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, the, the culture's been diluted, and so, and that's the whole melting pot mentality. Uh, David Duke points out that uh, the the person that invented and superimposed the whole America's a mentally pot, bring us your tired and uh, whatever um, <coughs> wretched masses or whatever the wording is, uh, was superimposed in the early part of the 20th century by a Jew woman um onto you know our like statue of liberty ellis island uh some placard they put on there so um yeah. anyway uh patrick um so it looks like well let me let you finish there patrick and uh in the second uh half hour we're gonna have mike king looks like he, uh, hey. he showed up so i want to get to a couple um the rest of the other calls real quick before so patrick thanks for the call or, I'm sorry, Joe. Joe, I'm so sorry, Joe. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Anytime, <laughs> William. All right, not yeah. at all. Take it okay. easy. God bless. All right, we've got one Bye. more. Thanks, buddy. we got one more call. we got James in North Carolina. James, are you there? Hello. Yes, sir. Hello. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, for one, uh, I'm a believer that if uh, Huey Long was never assassinated, we probably wouldn't have entered uh, on the Allied side. Uh Uh-huh. In World War II. All right. I don't have, I don't know, but I know he'll belong too well, so I don't really have an opinion. Uh, I'm looking on Obama right now. He's not not been on my radar. (laughs) Kingfish. Maybe Mike King knows a little bit about Huey Long. What do you think, Mike? Do you know about the this guy? Well, yeah, I, I did write a blurb on Huey Long in my epic uh, Planet Rothschild volumes. And mm. he was basically a Democrat from Louisiana who turned against FDR 
and was going to run against him in 36. Uh, and then conveniently he was uh, assassinated. And, um, mm. but he was, uh, you know, he was not an FDR Democrat. He was more of a, a populist and he, uh, and FDR hated him and, and they mm. were worried about him because he was gaining a large following, particularly in the South. I mean, he was assassinated. So absolutely he would, we would not have entered world war II had, uh, you know, Huey Long lived and, and become president, but th- they weren't going to allow that to happen. No way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike, I'll, you can turn your video off. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, um, James. Yeah. And uh, also on the thing about the uh, segregation now, well, <coughs> yeah, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever, that would have been George Wallace. Yeah, I don't know about that either, so I'm not sure. I have no opinion. Well, go ahead if you well, have more on it. Well, George Wallace being a uh, the Democratic governor of uh, Alabama at the time. And... Uh, he was actually uh, quite popular among both the whites and the blacks. All right. Well, thanks for the call, uh, James. I appreciate the information. We're up against the uh, bottom hour break. We're in the second half, we got Mike King, and we're going to have a discussion when we get back. All right. Stick around. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. <laughs> Because you can handle the truth. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214.
Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your terahertz frequency want, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. You guys hear me? Are we back? I can hear you. All right. Yeah, the music kind of went staticky and then it disappeared. I hope I'm not interrupting a good song. Probably am, but okay. I heard Sting singing the Russians, ba ba wa. I didn't hear the rest of it. Hey, everybody. Uh, well, okay. So we got Mike King joined us. Uh, he got home a little early and he's jumping in. A second half of the hour. Uh, we're going to talk about Israel a little bit here. Um, and Mike King is also going to join us next week, too. So we're not just getting a half hour with him. We're going to get an hour and a half total. We'll get another hour with him next week. He'll come on the show uh, on the second hour, probably. That'll, is that right, Mike? Or Yeah, you come on yes. at 7 o'clock uh, right. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central next week as well. Or, sorry. Yeah, yeah, 6 o'clock Central next week, yeah, from 6 to 7. So, um, yeah, Mike, you were uh, mentioning Israel being contained now in some sense. I'm going to look this up myself here. But let me kick it over to you if you're ready to discuss it. Sure. Well, um as you, as you know, I mean, if we go back, say, to 2015, 2016, just before, uh, you know, Trump became president. We look at the situation back then. We had ISIS was running wild in Syria. We had Hillary Clinton was was uh, threatening to, uh, one of the first things she was going to do is institute a no-fly zone to shoot down Russian airplanes over Syria. Um, they were working to drag us into a war with with Iran. Uh, we still had a, a very formidable presence in the Middle East at that time, and and now just um, you know five six years later, the situation has completely changed, and we see Israel. I call it the Israeli mad dog is now confined to its kennel. Uh, now, <coughs> 
This doesn't mean that we can ever <coughs> trust them, of course. <laughs> they are what they are, but the situation is, is really, it's quite astonishing, the turnaround that has happened over the last six years. Uh, and so we now have a situation where the, the United States is completely pulled out of the Middle East. And um, China, Russia, and Iran are staging defensive war games in the Middle East. They filled up the uh, the vacuum, and that was by design. So, and they're allied with. Uh, I mean, they are. This force now is the protectors of the region. Nobody's going to mess with Syria anymore, which uh, was just just invited to rejoin the Arab League now. So got, that's the end of the Israeli dream of a greater Israel, because the. The objective was never just to have that strip of territory, which is about the size of New Jersey. That was just their foot in the door. The grand scheme, and this is what the two stripes on the uh, Israeli flag represent, two blue rivers, all the territory between the Nile and the Euphrates. So that is the ultimate greater Israel. And to do that, they always uh, had hoped to uh, have their third world war, massive regional war, even a world war, and out of that, restructure the reason, region and expand. And, of course, they could never do that on their own. They need they need their bitch to do that for them. That was historically the United States. Well, now, the United States is out, and Russia, China, and Iran are the new powers in the region. And just a few weeks ago, China negotiated the uh, normalization of diplomatic relationship between Saudi Arabia and Iran. And that's that's huge because that was another part of the Zionist scheme is they were hoping to uh, bring Saudi Arabia into an alliance and play them off against Iran. Uh, so now that's that's gone. So really, they have nothing left, and they don't have anyone to uh, fight their battles for them anymore. So the the dream of a greater Israel expansion project uh, is finished, and this was not by accident. This was brought about by methodical maneuvers by certain geopolitical uh, forces. So, uh, and this, you know, this is a, this is a good thing. I, I say the United States will never be drawn into another war for Israel. Well, I uh, <clears throat> would love to agree with that. I know that, uh, it, that Israel and the Jewish power is going to fall apart at some point, it's hard to know when that's going to happen, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I l like your your take yeah, on well, it. It's, it's definitely. I mean, it is what uh, it is. What I, I, I would I like know to there's believe. some, uh, you know, I, I call them black pilled people who just uh, they're so upset. You know, their their hatred for the Jew just con <laughs> uh, consumes them, and and it's understandable given what they've done over the years. But you can't let that cloud their reason. Your reasoning. Uh, this is what it is. This is the new reality. Uh, the, the, the United States is out. The power vacuum is filled by the superpowers of Russia, China, and Iran, and they're allying with Saudi Arabia. Turkey is in the mix. Um, so, you know, it's it, it's over for them. Now, that doesn't mean that Israel is going to go away. Uh, <clears throat> fortunately, they're here to stay. But what it means is they do not have the capacity now to blow up that region. There'll never be another Libya. There'll never be another proxy war on Syria or, or in Iraq or, or 
you know, or a USS Liberty. They, they just don't have that power anymore. And I, I suspect in coming years there may even see uh, a final two-state peace deal brokered, perhaps by China, uh, recognizing, you know, a legitimate, some kind of decent state for the Palestinians. So, um, but, you know, that's, I, I mean, the facts uh, speak for themselves. I mean, the United States is not in the Middle East, and, and we're not going back either. Uh, I, I certainly hope not. Um, yeah. You know, uh, definitely, um, I know that uh, Turkey has been balking NATO, which is a good sign. Um, yeah. Now, the big question, like the larger question, we ask this quite a bit on Jeremy and I, we have this conversation quite a bit. The question is, was the, you know, is is the Jewish power world new world order is it all just falling apart and now we're going to go back to a multipolar type world i know Ru- russia talks about the unipolar world, unipolar world is over and personally i like putin i don't think that putin is on their side i think uh i i think putin is uh is a is a is a russian patriot and um you know he's very skilled at understanding the Jews in Russia and the Jews of the world. And he has um, told the oligarchs, look, when he came to power, I'm going to let you have your enterprise to a degree, but uh, but it's Russia first. And, um, you know, we're going to make this work. You have to cooperate. I'm going to cooperate with you to a degree. Uh, But, uh, you know, we're we're not going to, um, you know, uh, destroy our people. Um, so, um, and one example of that was uh, Olav Deripaska, who I think it was in 2017. Olav Deripaska was responsible for shutting off the electricity to uh, uh, I don't know, just a countless number of uh, Russian people, and during the winter, and Vladimir Putin brought Olav Deripaska to the table. And forced his hand and said, "What do you think you're doing?" And <clears throat> and and did something, you know, did what was right for his people. Yeah, uh, you know, this was pointed out by Jake Morphonios that I used to listen to uh, back then. I thought he did some pretty great uh, investigation. He's an uh, investigative journalist, independent investigative journalist out of North Carolina. Um, so, the, but the big question is: Is this Eurasian shift? Is this shift over to the BRICS? Uh, is it is it by design? Is, are the Jews hedging their bets? And you know, have they bled America dry? And now they're um, focusing their power into bricks now, um, and, uh, yeah. and just shifting it over there. Yeah. So that that's yeah, I, 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 I don't know. The, yeah, you know, there, there's like no good news that the black pillars won't spin to say. Oh, well, no. it's a fair question, I think. Well, no, it's a, well, it's fair, but there's. It, it, there's no logic to it, uh, not once you look at the facts, because look what, what's, you know, what's happened in Russia okay. this last year is all the Jewish oligarchs have fled. So um, okay. <laughs> the ones who had not fled already, <coughs> Putin flushed them out by, um, I mean, he, he induced them into coming out against the uh, war, which is a justified uh, war. It's actually not even a war. It's, it's a limited military action. Russia took back the eastern provinces, and that's it. They're not going back. Those are Russian people. 
But all of these rats, they showed their cards, they came out against the war, and he called them out publicly on Russian television as scum and traitors. They left the country in fear, and they all went to Israel or Dubai, or some of them went to the UK or the US. Uh, all these guys, Roman Abramovich, Deripaska, they, they, all, they all left. So, I mean, Russia is finally free of this Bolshevik order. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the whole Russia... China thing is um, it is it is about a multipolar world, and they're working hand in hand with Donald Trump in bringing this about. And uh, uh, you know, Trump behind the scenes is in, is in contact with these people, and he had a big hand in bringing about these uh, these changes. Uh, that's why NATO is not doing anything to help Ukraine. That's where World War Three was supposed to start, but it's not. NATO has been defanged. And it wouldn't surprise me if a few years from now NATO doesn't even exist. They can't. They can't even get tanks over to the Ukraine. They don't even arrive, you know. So they're just hanging them out to dry. And uh, meanwhile, Russia has done what it needed to do. So uh, I, you know, on every front, you see this power being broken. You see the power of NATO falling apart. You see the uh, the influence of uh, Israel is uh, is no longer there. Um, the uh, the global warming hoax. Okay, we we were once in the Paris Climate Accords. Trump got us out. The interesting thing is, Biden put us back in, but there's no enforcement mechanism. We're, we're not going to the carbon taxes like we were supposed to. I mean, this Paris Climate Accord was really, uh, in and of itself, would have put us under under a form of world government. So that's gone. So, um, okay, they're 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 losing on on on, ma- on many on many fronts. Um, okay, yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you a couple questions. <clears throat> so, so China has really adopted the sort of like the new world order. You know, within its country, it's sort of become like the model, right, of adopting the robot dog. Uh, surveillance state um, comply 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 now I think that Chinese have more of a tendency to be more robotic it's in their genes experience I've had when I've (laughs) gone to a Chinese restaurant and they don't give me enough ginger for my sushi and I let him know and he gets like "Uh, it's going to be another dollar for more Um, and then if you try to go out of it they just yeah. The guy. You know, this has happened a lot with Chinese people. They they tend to um, behave more like automatons. Um, yeah. So I think that's why the the whole this whole thing has taken in China. I mean, that's my kind of uh, yeah. myopic opinion. But uh, but what do you think? Like in the, in the macro scale, I mean, if China's adopted this uh, communist kind of like totalitarian um, government, you know, if they were manipulated by the jews i, I know they're not uh in, they're not bringing in droves of mass immigration but the, but then again the jews i don't think they're you know they're 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 gunning for china first i think they're gunning for uh white european people to wipe them out first yeah so i mean uh how does uh you've got to I, I do agree that i think that their their power structure is dying 
Um, and they're letting out their last gasps with all this ridiculous fake propaganda about Putin's about to be assassinated. Putin's, you know, going to die. It's like every day there's three or four new stories about it with a question mark at the end. Is this going to happen? <laughs> it's just so they can cover their butts about uh, whether they're making a claim and making an op-ed. I don't know. But uh, I, I don't know. What, what do you say to that? Well, I, I mean, you know, Asiatic people, they, you know, they have that slave thing in their DNA. They're, they're different than the, the Aryan. They just are. Uh, you know, what works for them works for them. Okay. Uh, but there's no indication of, you know, any kind of plot between Russia and China are, are out to, you know, going to take over the world. Uh, I, I mean, all the stuff they do on the international level is, is based on a foundation of respect for individual peoples and sovereignty, you know. But, okay. yeah, absolutely. If they had their way, the New World Order, they, they would love to have, like, you know, that kind of... Uh, you know, mass obedience uh, installed and surveillance installed on us, you know, but um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, they, they would love, who's they, China? Or the, no, the not China, the, the globalists, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, China, I think China's only interest in it would be, you know, the fact that we they own some of our debt and I think they own some yeah. of our land too, don't they now? Um and then I hear about uh, China that they're they're bringing uh, Chinese uh, over through Mexico, and I don't know about that. I mean, that seems a little far fetched because I mean they got to come all the way across the ocean. It's a lot of effort to get people over. Yeah. Um, but what about what about okay? So what do you think is going to happen when uh, with the dollar? What do you think is going to oh, happen when the I, dollar collapses? I, yeah. Well, I, I don't know to what extent they, they could manage the collapse. I mean, it's collapsing now. If you look at the inflation rate in the last two years, uh, over a two-year period, I, I got to say it's at least 30%, okay? Now, if that happened in one in one month, we would say that's a collapse. But, you know, it's yeah. spread out, so you don't see it so dramatically. But if you could find an old grocery receipt laying around from two years ago, You'll know what I mean. <clears throat> so, uh, but I, I suspect uh, when Trump returns in an official capacity that something's going to be done about the Federal Reserve. There's a lot of indicators pointing in that direction. Uh, of course, talk is cheap, but, you know, we will will not be able to make a final assessment and judgment on the Trump administration until he finishes uh, his job, which is which is open right now, and uh, but he will return of that I'm certain, but only this time around, as Trump himself has said, "quote the old GOP of rhinos, neocons, and globalists is gone; it is never coming back." And that's absolutely true. He has purged the party of these people, the Paul Ryan's and the John McCain's and uh, the Liz Cheney's and the Bushes, etc. So next time around, he will, in fact, be like, you know, a Fuhrer. (laughs) Uh, He'll be able to get done whatever he wants, whatever he wants to get done. He's never had that before. And people are unfair when they say, well, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. I mean, look what he was up against. He didn't even have a party behind him. All of the party leaders were stabbing him in the back at every opportunity. And Paul Ryan and John McCain, you know, uh, 
right, right out down the line. But now they, they, they have been systematically purged. It's a remarkable story what's happened over the last six years, how many of these people just, quote unquote, resigned. And now you've got the Congressional Freedom Caucuses running the Congress. These are hardcore people. So that's when the ultimate assessment of Donald Trump will be, is when he returns and he will have all the pieces in his in his uh, favor. The House, um, which, you know, really, if you read the Constitution, the true power lies in the Congress, not the president. Uh, you know, they, they have abdicated it to the executive branch, but they are the true power. So if you get a Trump in a White House and you get all of his people running Congress, they can do whatever they want when they come back. And that is when one should make the final judgment. You know, to say at this point, well, he was president for four years. Why didn't he get rid of the Federal Reserve? I mean, that is absurd to say such things, you know. Uh, We're up against a centuries-old, deeply rooted mafia. It's not a simple, you know, one, two, three, four-year project. Uh, and it took us a long time to get this posi- to get into this position. But I, I'm telling you this: this is absolute certainty. When he returns, he's going to have pretty much absolute power. Then you can judge the man. You cannot judge anything he's, you know, based on the fact that before he didn't have real power. Is what I'm saying. So, but I, I do think the Federal Reserve is on his agenda. Uh, just based on a lot of things that he has said. He's actually the only president in history who has routinely attacked the Federal Reserve. There's not a single American president who's ever done that. He has routinely attacked them. I do remember him, and then I do remember (laughs) Janet yelling, wagging her finger at him, telling him, don't mess with the Federal Reserve. And he was talking, you know, about getting rid of it. I do remember that. And then he fired her. (laughs) Well, he didn't fire her. He he uh, he didn't. He did not extend her term, which is usually an automatic. Uh, but he dumped her, and uh, you know the Jews were all upset about that. That's their girl, you know. And then he was replaced with uh, um, what's his name? The guy who's in there now. Uh, Jerome Powell. First, Jerome first, uh, Powell. Yeah. First. Uh, first goal. Not a Jew. Right, first goy in like, shoot, I think like 70, 60 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of him? Uh, I, I think his role is just to kind of manage the institution while it still exists, you know, this is, uh, until the institution exists. I mean, there's no good that ever could, could come out of the Fed. Okay, they're either plunging us into depression or they're inflating the hell out of our currency or at this particular moment in time, they're doing both, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so the best you can hope for is somebody manages it in such a way to mitigate the damage. Okay, so you can't really say, "Oh, so and so was a good Fed chairman, so and so was a lousy Fed chairman." I mean, the institution itself is corrupt and destructive. Okay, uh, so you know, it's a question who uh, who who can minimize the damage, you know. Um. But yeah, ultimately it's got to go. It's just, it's just a destructive institution, right? Yes, it's totally. And he did say Trump, does, Trump did say he wanted to audit. He did say he wanted to audit the Fed. That's <clears> he, right. said, he said that repeatedly in 2016. Now, of course, the naysayers will say, "Yeah, but he never did it." Well, again, 
you know, this is not a pharaoh who could just wave his hand and do such a thing. Not when everybody in Congress worships the Fed, you know. And you got that, and the whole media right. was saying, oh, this would be irresponsible, blah, 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 blah. So, again, you have to judge whether or not he keeps that promise to audit the Fed uh, based on his return when he's going to have his allies running Congress. Okay, then there's no excuses because it's all his boys and girls. Okay, <laughs> but he did say that. And I tell you, if you start with the auditing of this corrupt institution, one thing will lead to another. And, uh, you know, the, the whole thing uh, could go down, you know. Yeah, Mike, um, we're getting close to the end here. I had, I, I, I do think, uh, you know, um, I wanted to get a little more, maybe we'll discuss it next time on, on uh, well, I want to talk more about the, uh, the shift in power. Uh, we yeah. don't have time for it now. But next time, next week, let's specifically focus on the shift in power that's going over to BRICS and um, if the Jews are going to be included in it or not, right? So, um, or generally speaking, what's going to happen there? I mean, Benjamin Netanyahu was talking about bleeding America dry, so I don't think that he didn't have an exit plan. Uh, so, you know, I think it's legitimate to say that they're they're potentially uh, shifting over. I don't, you know, so I want to get more into that next time. But but before, uh, you know, before the show ends, so how do people get in touch with you and? Yeah, well, go to uh, realhistorychan, C-H-A-N.com, realhistorychan.com. There's a ton of free content at the website. Uh, just go through the menu. Uh, then there's also the PDFs and also physical books of all the books, my 26 books, which were banned by Amazon. Those are for sale. Uh, and at the very least, people should go to the footer of any of the pages. They could sign up for a free report. It's called How to Respond to an Anti-Conspiracy Theorist. And that also gets you on the free mailing list. So you got the free report, the free mailing list. you got the content, tons of free content. Uh, and then if people want to support my work, throw me a few shackles. That's always appreciated because uh, I took a big hit when Amazon removed all my books. So, but that's it. RealHistoryChan.com. It's very unique content presented in a very easy to digest uh, manner. I think your readers will love it. Realhistorychan.com. Yeah, your books are great. I mean, they were the books I read, and they had all kinds of overlap in them to really get red pilled on all the basic uh, history. Yeah. Your books are really fantastic. I just lent Thanks. one to another friend on Saturday, somebody I just met, um, and uh, <laughs> they're going through it now. Um, That's great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be at the end of the show. Mike, uh, you got the outro music? We got, uh, oh, you are? I can't hear it. We need that new mixing board. Well, Mike, it was great having you on the show. We'll, we'll see you next week. Okay, Wednesday it is. Glad we All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Good discussion. Bye. Bye.
This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. <laughs>